Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love and I'm on a mission to teach people how to revolutionize their romantic relationships by transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you are in a relationship, single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, their breaths, and their minds. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is titled Ghosted, The Dark Side of Dating. And I think that this episode is well overdue. Ghosting is on the rise, but I think we need to define what it means to ghost and to be ghosted. Because just like all the other sort of terms that are floating around the zeitgeist right now, we need to be a little bit more intentional and clear when we do use these words so that we're not just saying it. Like, for example, if someone doesn't respond to your text quickly enough, you're not being ghosted. How many times have you not responded to an email because you didn't see it? That doesn't mean that you were ghosted. Ghosting means that you go on a date with someone or you're in a relationship with someone and they disappear like a ghost, which means that even after you have reached out to them, they absolutely do not respond. Even if you have confirmed that they haven't been hurt or in the hospital, they literally just disappear without a trace and they are unresponsive. Now, if you've only gone on one coffee date with someone and you never hear from them again, that's not necessarily hurtful. It's just one of those things that just doesn't feel so great. And I'm going to address that later on, but we're doing that all the time. I mean, people are going on, you know, little brief dates with people and then they just never reach out again. Is that ghosting? Well, in a way it is, but again, it doesn't have that much psychological and emotional impact, but it does speak to just a general perspective and a general way that we are treating other human beings. It really speaks to manners, but again, I will get to that in just a moment. So I just, again, want to be clear about what it is and what it is not. If this person is in contact with you in any way, 
you've not been ghosted by them. It may still be pretty awful. You may have been broken up with over the phone. You may have feel abandoned. You might feel betrayed. There might be so many different things that have gone down that feels really hurtful. But again, to ghost or to be ghosted is to disappear without a trace, zero responsiveness after someone has tried to reach out to you or when you've tried to reach out to them, just zero responsiveness. So why is it on the rise? I believe that dating apps are a big reason why ghosting is on the rise because more people are dating and more people are dating complete strangers. And this is really important. Look, this is not to put down dating apps as a whole. I have four clients right now who have met the love of their lives and are on their way to potentially getting married. And they met these people on dating apps. And I will explain a little later on in this episode who I believe could be benefiting from being on a dating app and who I think should go off of them. But the truth remains that when we are swiping and starting to interact with people on dating apps, we are interacting with people who are complete and utter strangers. And strangers don't really have any accountability. It's not like you're meeting them through a friend. It's not like you're meeting them in your community. It's not that you're meeting them at your, which is related to the community, to, you know, your local gym that you frequent, or it could be church or synagogue or mosque. You know, it could be anything that you have in your life that is community oriented. It could be something that you do volunteer wise. It could be your friend group, you know, your peer group, friends of family. They are complete strangers. And strangers, when we don't have any accountability, when there's no one, and again, I'll get into this in just a moment, when there's no one who can say to them, hey, you can't do that to my friend. You can't do that to them. Or they know they're going to see you at the office, for example. They can't get away with ghosting. And so the reason why ghosting is on the rise is because of dating apps. And it's because we are interacting. If you're on a dating app, you are interacting with someone who pretty much is a complete and total stranger. And so they can just easily slip in your life and slip out. And a little note about strangers. When you're dating, this is really important information and advice that I'm about to give, no matter how attracted you are to someone or how much connection you feel with them, how familiar they feel to you, you, me, none of us truly know anyone and no one truly knows us until we know about two thirds of their friends and relatives. I'm going to say this again because this is really important. And look, and this takes time. This is why it really takes time to get to know someone because you have to know their friends, or at least most of them, and you have to know key family members. And we just really can't get to know one another in a vacuum. 
Because I know that feeling of when it's really romantic in the beginning, or maybe you meet someone on a dating app and there's all these romantic texts and you're feeling so connected. You're in a bubble. And you could be in a bubble with someone before you even know them who's not a great person or is someone who has the potential to ghost you. And so we don't really, we can't move to more committed stages of relationship, for example, with someone until we know each other outside of the bubble, until we've seen each other interact with others. So why do people ghost? Number one, and this isn't, it's so interesting because this I don't see enough of. There's a lot of really spot on analysis about why people ghost in terms of like the psychology behind it, which I'm going to get to in a moment, or really the fear that's behind it and the avoidance that's behind it. But let's just first stick to the low hanging fruit that's not discussed enough, which is rudeness. I mean, let's just talk about manners and the lack of manners. To ghost someone, is really about having no manners. I mean, it's just incredibly rude and disrespectful to do that to someone. Really that basic. It's like learning please and thank you, and I appreciate that. It's like someone takes you out for dinner. Thank you so much for that. It's really that basic. You know, It was lovely to meet you. I don't feel a romantic connection. Good luck to you. Really simple, really brief, polite. It's just about at the end of the day, especially in the, we're talking about very early dating, right? Not talking about a longer term relationship or more involved relationship where you've been hanging out for, you know, even if it, hasn't evolved to where you really want it to evolve from a commitment standpoint, you're much more involved with each other. But just dating, it is just the polite thing to do to tell someone, hey, I'm going away now. You won't be seeing me again. Nothing's wrong. It's just not a match. So why people ghost? Number one, rudeness just don't have any manners, don't have regard for other people. And I can assure you that the people who ghost regularly, they are, you would be able to, if you would be able to have a window into a day in the life of that person or a week in the life of that person, if you could be a fly on the wall or follow them around, you would see this lack of manners manifesting itself in other ways. I would guarantee it. In fact, I think it'd be a very interesting study to study the profile of someone who's always ghosting. There's a lot going on in that person's life. And I would pretty much bet, I haven't done a formal study on this or any formal research on this, but I would bet that is also the person who is not showing basic manners to strangers in general. Number two, immaturity. A lot of people will ghost because they would rather avoid feeling uncomfortable than have the conversation. 
And so many people will ghost because they will say, I just don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want them to feel badly. I don't want them to, I don't want to disappoint them. So it's important to note that just because a person ghosts doesn't mean that they're a terrible person, but what they are doing is something rude and they are being immature. That doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they're a villain. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a narcissist. It means that the behavior is not good behavior. And so that person might be saying to themselves, I just don't want to hurt them. But really what they're trying to do is not, they're not trying to protect the other person. They're trying to protect themselves from the utter discomfort of knowing that they are the cause of someone else's disappointment. So paradoxically, there's the little bit of a people-pleasing element to this. It's like, I'd rather just avoid than make someone feel bad. And, you know, people ghost all sorts of people. I remember I was like 14 years old and in therapy, and then I didn't want to go to therapy anymore. But I didn't even know how to tell her. And so I just ghosted her, to be honest. I was 14, you know. God bless me. You know, I was so young and, you know, my mom ended up, because I was a minor, so my mom ended up calling and whatnot. But I just didn't even want to, like, have the conversation. I was just too young and immature. But at 14, that's understandable. When we're over a certain age, the point where we're dating, it becomes unacceptable, to be honest. So I share that because it's not because they're necessarily bad, but it's just they're so conflict avoidant that they would rather protect themselves from feeling uncomfortable than even acknowledging the long-term damage you can do to someone by just ghosting them. It's just really, it's very disorienting and hurtful, especially it's like one person will think, oh, everything's going great, we have a connection, and then the other person just disappears and they have no idea you're, you leave with someone feeling like, they did something wrong. And then if we're ghosted, we get in our heads and we play the story over and over again. And so if you're listening to this and you've ghosted it before, you're thinking about ghosting someone, you know what it's like because you're human to get in your head and to get obsessive over things and to ruminate about failure and to retrace your steps. You know what that feels like because again, if you're human and you're alive, We all know what it's like to get into that head trip. By you ghosting, you're basically forcing someone into that. And so the kinder thing to do is to be honest. And then number three, which is what I touched on earlier, is that they don't have to be accountable. They don't have to tell their family member about it. If you don't know someone, let's say... They ghost you and you don't know their friends, you don't know their mother, you don't know their father, you don't know anyone that they work with, then there's no one that you can call and basically tell this is what happened. And then that person is going to tell the ghoster, hey, what did you do then? And then all of a sudden they're accountable. But if people know they don't have any accountability, 
they will be more apt to ghost. And this is why dating apps can be so tricky because the dating app phenomenon is really quite modern. It's quite recent. And back in the day, we would just do it the quote unquote old fashioned way. It's like, friend of a friend, or we meet someone at an event through community, through a peer group, through whatever group travel, through a retreat, through friend of a family member. So yes, there's a theory that we're all separated by six degrees, but back in the day, it would be like one to two degrees at most. And that's how we met people. I mean, sure. Sometimes we meet total strangers for sure, but usually the meeting people and those connections developing into relationships were much more commonly through this idea of community and one to two degrees of separation. And although there's, of course, no guarantee that you're going to be with some great person for you just because your mom's best friend's son or daughter or whatever, friend of a friend, there's no guarantee. But there is more accountability. And so it may not work the relationship, but at least it reduces the chances of a situation like ghosting by a significant amount. Not only that, you have some sort of referral. Like, for example, if you're meeting someone who's not a total stranger, right, that you meet in a bar or you meet on your travels, or you meet on a dating app. The benefit of that is that you can get a referral. You can say, is this person a good person? What is it that they're looking for? And what you need to be looking for is someone saying they're an amazing person. I don't know if they're going to be right for you. I mean, who knows, right? But they're an amazing person. Or I think you guys are a match. Because What too many people do, and I've done this too, is they'll say, I'm not quite sure, or, you know, maybe they're a little complicated and you're like, challenge accepted. No, I actually have had a rule for myself and I've given this rule to my clients, which is if you meet someone and you know someone who knows them, if they don't have a raving review about their character, you don't date them. Because I've known people, they were attracted to someone, they felt very seduced by this person, this person was giving them a lot of attention, they were being really kind with them, you know, they were doing all the right things. But she found out, she was friends with someone who had worked very, very closely with this person, very closely over a long period of time. So they know each other. And this person had warned someone who I was working with, that the person who she was attracted to and was considering dating was actually an awful person. Great at business, but a horrible person. And so I told my client, don't date him. Look, we're not for everyone. But if there's someone out there who's literally saying you're a terrible person, don't date him because that person knows him. Well, she didn't listen and she had to learn the hard way. And that's fine because sometimes we have to learn the hard way. And she most certainly did. And he did end up being absolutely terrible. 
So I'm riffing off of this idea of accountability, which is referrals. And I think it's very important that if you have a history of choosing people who are not great, then perhaps one thing that you can do is refuse to date any strangers. You have to date someone who someone else can vouch for, and there has to be a raving review. It still means that they might not be right for you. It might not be a match, you know? No one can guarantee that, but at least someone can speak about their character. This leads me to who I think personally should be on dating apps or should at least give them a try and who I think should go off the apps. Okay. So the biggest mistake that I am seeing people make with regard to dating apps is this. They're using that as the only method, the only strategy for meeting people. And it becomes like an obsession and the continuous feedback that I've been getting from people who message me, clients, friends, I mean, you name it. It's just a huge amount is, oh my God, the apps, this, that. So I know people who've had success, but for every person who's had success, I know a lot of people are getting really frustrated and are having bad experiences. And every single one, they are relying only on the dating apps. And so they get very obsessive and they get into these long texting exchanges with these strangers and they're not actually setting up the date to meet to see if it's a match. And so they're having this whole like texting affair and you're basically having a texting affair with a total stranger, which I don't recommend. And so it's a mindset thing. And the people who have done well, the people who I know and the clients I know have done well in dating apps, they did not rely completely on dating apps and they had really strong boundaries. So they would look through and if anyone was, you know, not willing to get on the phone with them and just wanted to text, they immediately unmatched. If there was anything like if they're looking for a relationship and there was anything in their profile to suggest that they were not looking for a relationship unmatched. So they were just very clear about it. And their mindset was, this is just going to be one of the things that I have. I'm only going to be looking at the apps these two days during the week. I'm only going to spend this amount of time on it. I'm going to unmatch a whole bunch of people and I'm just going to have fun with this and not make it my sole focus. Those are the people who have found success in my experience on dating apps and only them. I also suggest people to go on dating apps if they've been single for a long time, they haven't put themselves out there, they've been on their couch watching Netflix, dreaming about the love, and they've never been on a dating app before and it really scares them. I tell them to just give it a try to create a profile and just to put themselves out there because that really can open up the door for them taking some action in this area of their life rather than spending a whole lot of energy on the imaginary of one day meeting this person, which is not going to happen when you don't go out and you don't put yourself out there. So those are the two instances where I say, try the dating app. Here's who I think should not be on the apps. Number one, if you're just totally having one experience, bad experience after another and you're burnt out, get off. 
get off the apps, go do it the old fashioned way. Stop hunting for love because when we hunt for love might give people who are rude and are potentially ghosters a chance. So just give it a rest, delete the app and just step away from it. And you just need a timeout. And then there's this, if you are highly sensitive and, or you struggle with low self-esteem, when I say struggle, low self-esteem, just in this area of your life, particularly you struggle a little bit with self-worth and you feel a little because of that fragile emotionally, it's fine. You're not alone. Maybe you have a lot of fear. Maybe you have had a lot of trauma and or your picker's been off. You just keep dating these people who keep disappointing you, ghosting you. It's not ending up well. It's, you know, ending up being a catastrophe. So if you are relating to anything that I'm saying right now, my recommendation is that you're not on the apps because too many strangers, too many people who can take advantage no, no, that what comes with the strangers is no accountability. And what I suggest is building connection through community. So I don't know if that's joining some sort of group. I don't know if that is whatever, you know, taking care of animals, if it's some sort of spiritual institution, whatever floats your boat, joining your local gym, yoga, studio, hosting more dinners for like-minded people, going to events, finding community. And I'm not saying that's easy, but it's really important because number one, it's going to give you, if you are someone who struggles with your self-esteem, you're highly sensitive, you're feeling sort of fragile from the whole dating world scenario. This is going to give you, it's going to really meet your need for connection. And it's going to give you some foundation. It's going to give you some strength. And then I recommend that you only date people where there's a one to two degrees of separation so that you can get some sort of referral, right? There's a raving review and that person has accountability. And then you become friends with the person first before going straight into rushing and dating. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I know for sure that there are lots of people getting ghosted who don't relate to feeling sort of insecure or fragile in this particular area of their life. But I also know that if you are feeling particularly fragile in this area of your life, being ghosted can be really derailing and you're not alone. And so if you're on the dating apps, like I said, part of why there's a rise in ghosting is because of the lack of accountability and the stranger component to dating apps. And I know that what would be helpful is a new strategy, but you have to make sure, and this is for everyone, you can't get into, this is such an overused term, but I'm going for it anyway. You can't get into the scarcity mindset of if I'm not on the dating app, then I'll never find someone. I mean, it may take a little bit longer, but there's no point in being on the dating apps if it keeps frustrating you, if you keep having bad experiences. I mean, again, this is a fairly new phenomenon. It would really behoove all of us to do the things that people used to do for 
decades to meet someone who you know, someone who's in closer proximity, someone who knows a lot of other people, right, that you know as well. It might take longer. It might mean that you have to focus on other areas of your life so that your life feels more complete, even though you're single. And then it opens up doors. Don't know how that works. It just somehow does work. It's an energy thing, but it does work. But it does mean you have to take a rest from hunting for love. So should you say anything if you're ghosted? It depends. Because if it's someone you barely know, if you're ghosted, even though it sucks and it does not feel good, you need to count your blessings. In fact, this is the biggest protection you can get because it's better that you know this about this person who doesn't have manners, who's immature and can't deal with having the conversation, who is not accountable. You don't want to be in a relationship with that person because trust me, if they can do that, they can do a lot worse. And so I just think that if it's someone you barely know, I personally do not advise saying anything. I advise you telling yourself, well, this sucks. It doesn't feel good. But at least I know this now, so I'm going to see this as protection. If it's someone that you know more and you've been very connected to this person, maybe you've been physically intimate with them, and if you haven't been physically intimate with them yet, there's a lot of emotional intimacy, you've been spending more time with them. Yes, if you think it would feel better, yes, you might not get a response. I wouldn't do a text. I would do a letter, an email. And I would just say, this is incredibly disappointing. I really thought that we had something going. And I'm just really sad that this is how it had to end. First, first though, let me backtrack. Always find out, and it's difficult if you don't know who this person is, but if you do know someone who knows them, first check on them because you never know what could have happened. And once you know that they really just ghosted you, or they're not responding to your text, you can just say, hey, did something change in your feelings? Would love to know so that I'm not left hanging and we can part peacefully. If you then don't get a response to that, then if it would help you to send a letter, I don't think it should be scathing. I think it should just be very direct, like this was incredibly hurtful and this is the wrong thing to do. And I really hope that you never do this again to someone else because this is the impact that it has had. Really simple, really direct. If it'll help you to say that, why not? But you can't put that out there with the expectation that you're going to get something in return. The return in that is you being able to speak your truth and standing up for yourself in that way. If you think that if you're seeing someone, you're dating someone, your feelings have changed, you're not interested, do not ghost, keep it really simple. I don't think this, if it's one date, two dates, I think you're great. I just don't feel a romantic match. I really, truly wish you the best. Simple. That's it. If it's more involved, I would say a phone call would be, if it's one date, you don't have to call. You can text that. No problem. But if it's more involved, my suggestion is that you call and you have the conversation. This is sort of what's going on for me. 
this is why I don't think that this is a match long term. I'm really sorry. And again, obviously, it just is a matter of how involved you are, because maybe that does lead to a deeper conversation. Maybe it's going to feel more like a break up, but you got to be able to do it. This is like we got to put on our adult pants and do what we know already deep down is the right thing to do, because this is part of how we increase our relational intelligence and maturity, how we end things with someone is a very big part of the deal. And so we have to be brave. We have to take a deep breath and we have to do it because to just disappear, you think that then it just disappears, but it doesn't because the paradox is this. When we ghost, when a person ghosts, they are then only haunted by their own ghost. (laughs) They become haunted with the memory of doing that, of doing the thing that they know was wrong, impolite, mean, cruel, rude. And we can, a person, I'm not going to say we, a person can suppress that as much as they want to But we are haunted by the things that we bury in our subconscious. It comes out in other ways. So if you're thinking about ghosting, don't do that to yourself as much as you shouldn't do that to someone else. So how to prevent yourself from being ghosted? Well, you can't guarantee it. It's not something that you can necessarily guarantee. Of course, you can do all the things that I suggest, get off the apps, only date someone who you know, there's some accountability, but again, there's no guarantee, but it does make the likelihood less. I will say this. I think that there is a lot of value in getting to know another person's circle sooner rather than later, because it is through another person's circle, friend, peer group, relatives, that we learn the most about a person's character. And yes, usually what we do is meet people's friends before we meet family. I don't think meeting family, for some people, it's a really big deal. I think for others, it's not a big deal. It's like, hey, you know, every Friday night I have dinner with my family. Do you want to come? And some people are like, whoa, meeting the parents, that's such a big deal. You can look at it totally differently. Like, great, I get to see how this person interacts with the world. I am going to get such an education on this person and their behavior and their character that yes, I'm going to meet the parents. And also I'm getting an education on who raised them and where they came from. And so I'm just going to be so much better informed on making a decision if this person is the right person for me. So I say sooner rather than later. And so I think there should be an integration of friends and family sooner rather than later. But I will say this, if you're dating someone and they're not integrating you, they're not introducing you to their friends and they're not introducing you to their family. I understand with some families there's extenuating circumstances. So I understand that, but let's put that aside. Something's off and I would really be concerned about that. It's much easier to be ghosted by someone who's kept you a secret. But you don't have to expect that right away. Give that a little bit of time. But if things are progressing, I would really recommend it. And you can recommend it. It's like, hey, meet some of my friends. Meet them right away. Why not? 
like I said, we learn so much about a person's character and about a person's life and about who they are by the company they keep. And then the last thing that I will say is this. If someone ghosts you, like truly ghosts you based on the definition that I provided in the beginning of this episode, do not give them another chance. And this is, you know, I really believe that every situation is different. I'm very careful when I say, when I'm absolute about some of my advice, most of the time I always say it depends. It depends on the situation. Every situation is different. That's really my stock answer to everything because that's the truth. But if someone has truly ghosted you, chances are they're going to do it again. And I would not give that person another chance. Because if you really loved yourself and you really believed that you deserved just basic manners and respect, you wouldn't give that person a chance again. So to summarize this episode, it's called Ghosted, The Dark Side of Dating, because there certainly is a dark side to dating and dating apps definitely play a role in this. And just technology in general plays a role in this. And so we have to become stronger and wiser and smarter so that technology doesn't use us, but we learn to use it so that it fits into our lives in a way that benefits us. So if you know anyone who is single, please send them this episode because you never know whose life you could be changing. If someone you know has been ghosted or you know someone who's maybe ghosting, send this to them because the more that we understand this, the more that we become savvier in dating, the more that we become more mature, just the better world we're going to have. So please don't hesitate to send this to someone because again, you never know whose life you could be changing. And I just thank you so much for being here. If you have any comments on the show, any questions, please contact us at hello at jillianonlove.com and rate, review, subscribe. Until next time, I can't wait to share more and I hope that this helped. Thanks for listening. Jillian on Love is a Q-Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. 
From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. <laughs> 